these MMA fighters, they they all come with this this innate reason for fighting, and and they're also like su surprise you because they can be generally maybe maybe Connor aside, <laughs> quite calm and um, stoic and just not what you'd expect from somebody who, who can you know murder you. <laughs> Welcome to the UND Greyhound Guide, the only show of its kind where we give you unparalleled access to the University of Indianapolis Sport Management Program, which is located within the amateur sports capital of the world. Through the voices of students, alumni, and even professors, listeners will gain information that can't be received by visiting a website or even touring a campus. Catch us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay up to date on all things sport management. I am your host, Cody McCullough. So if any UFC fans listen to this show, then you're probably a Conor McGregor fan as well. And true McGregor fans have seen his documentary, Notorious, that debuted a few years ago. It chronicles his ascent into MMA lore and what it took to reach that level of stardom. Gavin Fitzgerald is the man who directed that film and is joining us today. The doc debuted in 2017 and quickly became the highest grossing Irish documentary of all time. This episode is part of a new series where we're learning more about the other side of sports that entails film, radio, and writing. So I really appreciate you taking the time to join me today, Gavin. Great. Thanks for having me, Cody. So I like to start off with a fun question all the time just to break the ice. So like what I sent you, I'm curious how much money it would take for you to get into the octagon with Conor McGregor and how long you actually think you would last. Well, I, I imagine everybody has a price, right? And, uh, I'd say it's probably easier not to fight back. Just, just, just take the knockout and end it there. Or maybe I, I shoot for a takedown, so I hope to get submitted. That would be easier. What's your What's your price? A million? Uh oh, I definitely do it for a million. Wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I was... the question is how low would I go? And uh, yeah. yeah, I mean that's that's yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> 50 grand? Ooh, that'll be, yeah. I mean, I feel like my I'm going to say 100. I'm going to be realistic. <laughs> 100 grand? Yeah. So I am, I am curious, um, with a project like this, how did it come to life for you? Like, how did you go about getting permission or even have the idea to do the McGregor film? And then, like, how long had you been directing in your career before this opportunity? Yeah, this was this was my my first film. Um, but in doing that, we made a a six part series for Irish television first. Um, then I know there was a one hour documentary first, then a six part series, and then the movie. So that was kind of my foot into uh, into filmmaking. I've been I got into it through I actually got into it through filming uh documentaries on on mma fighters and at the time in ireland it, it wasn't popular people you tell them you're doing something on mma and they had no idea what it is um but you know today it's completely changed i mean they're asking you oh yeah which fighter you know what who's he fight it's 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 i mean it's, he has changed the game entirely um so yeah it, it was a long-term project um i guess uh i met him in 2000 and 12 or 13 and uh the film came out in 2017 so you know it was it was a yeah long-term project 
So how many people, like, I don't know much about, like, filming stuff. It's fun to watch, but I've never been, like, behind the scenes of it. With an opportunity like this, how many people are on your team, like, during this filming? Is it you behind the lens every day, or are there other people, like, handling mics and lighting or anything? Yeah, I mean, especially with this one, I mean, documentary tends to be smaller crews. Uh, I like to work that way as well because, um, yeah, you can just, well, but the, the nature of this one was it was an observational style. And then also you're following, well, he became a celebrity. You know, he wasn't always always that big, but his stardom did come very quickly. And then quicker and quicker, the crew gets bigger. <laughs> um, you have to be very mobile. So you do not want to be slowed down by any equipment, any yeah. cars. I, I literally just wanted the smallest camera and, and, just, and just stick with them and, and fight for my seat in that car, which became harder and harder, which was kind of frustrating and the, the death of it, really. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, a lot of the time it was just me. And uh, other days I'd, 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 we'd have, uh, you know, maybe, maybe two other guys uh, someone doing sound and someone doing doing camera and those people changed changed here and there but um it was pretty much the same crew over the over the years and um then we'd have a producer you know who, who never really came out on set um and then we yeah we'd have an editor um but that was it it was it, it was a really small crew and the credits come up at the end there's there's quite a few names and a lot of them come in at the end or they, they're there for specific you know smaller tasks or but at the end of the day is a lot of the time it was very much just uh just me or me or one other person yeah so i want to ask i jotted it down and meant to reference it you said in the first question that i asked you that it started off as a six-part series and a one-hour documentary and then the film mm. is that the normal progression like how these things come to be or is that just what worked for you in this project yeah, I don't know. Like this was this was not. Uh, I, I I learned a lot about making films through through, through this. You know, it, it was strange that you kind of, you know, you're met with such a big uh, celebrity or sports star, and when you're when you're young, I mean, I was I'm the same age as Connor. You, you know, so so it was. Uh, yeah, it was a learning process. Um, but the the TV series, I mean, it made sense because he was he was a star in Ireland and. They were really interested to get that kind of access, um, so it just made sense. It was kind of an, an easier route, and a, and it was a good testing ground um, uh, to, to to make to make films with him, and to uh, and it was it was really successful. You know, the, the the series here drew in a you know really wide young audience, um, which which our national broadcaster was was really happy with because um, a lot of old people watch. It's called RTE. So they were like, wow, young people are watching it. Get more, more, more in there. And they wanted more. And then there was a point where it was like, Connor was like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to do RTE. I want to do something bigger. So, um, you know, we were obviously uh, pushing for that as well. So that's when the movie started. And um, yeah, Universal will obviously the biggest name we could attach. But, you know, they, they as well, it, it, it wasn't like, it, it sounds and at the time as well it's oh my god like universal like first movie oh my god like and but you know they they, they acquire celebrities like they 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 want these big names um 
it's it's not the traditional route of making a film where you have to fight tooth and nail to kind of get it funded. The the funding is there because you have the access. So yeah. so that was that you know that's that's in some ways um, you know it's just it's just a learning curve um, how you, how you go about making films. But uh, in certain some ways it was like a a big step um, uh, when I was when I was quite young. Forgive me for asking. I just don't know. Did you go to school for? for like film or is that something you just figured out on your own um i i didn't really go to like like in america they have film schools where they have actual yeah. cameras in them um <laughs> i went to a uh i did i studied film studies so it was like you know uh theoretical uh watching films and writing about them but yeah through the filmmaker societies and stuff like that i started to started to make films and get my hands on cameras and yeah i mean I, literally after college soon after college i um I, I just thought it'd be a fun thing to film would be uh, MMA <laughs> fights because it was just like it just excited me and and the characters that we met in that gym were just so much different to the other sports stars you'd meet like footballers or they're all they're also the same but these MMA fighters they they all come with this this innate reason for fighting and and they're also like su- surprise you because they can be generally maybe maybe Connor aside. <laughs> quite calm and um stoic and just not what you'd expect from somebody who, who can you know murder you <laughs> and um so 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 that that was that was that was exciting and it just it just opened the doors to more and more so i started doing smaller documentaries and it just it just led on from there yeah. so yeah i'd say that was um yeah it's just an exciting it's an exciting sport to film and um something that i'll you know continue to to keep my eye on i'm interested in in martial arts okay so you said at the beginning that you met connor around 2012 2013 and that's when like the filming of the project started so i know the movie uh the notorious film the runtime is like 90 minutes i'm curious like how much raw footage would you say that you gathered for this film and then like because obviously you used 90 minutes of it but i'm curious like how much you had to get to like to craft that 90 minute movie yeah i mean it's it's always a lot with documentary um but yeah this was probably the most um yeah. i mean we were just because of the length of time we were following him but you know we we were almost our own archive base you know other people they 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 start on a documentary and they have to go look in the past for all the archive but but we wear that archive so yeah, it was it was probably hundreds of hours, um, you know. Uh, but a lot of it was 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 very similar, uh, you know, just just rounds after rounds. Because we got into this habit earlier on of 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 just recording the rounds, and because Connor would say, "Oh, can I see that?" And you know, it, it's annoying because then you have to record every round, uh, and and you don't need it, or you have to shoot it in a certain way that he could see it, or something like that. And it's silly, but there's, there's these little gives sometimes you have to do to keep your access. And, um, you know, I suppose it makes, I understand his perspective where like he has a camera there and uh, he wants to watch his his sparring. So a lot of it was just sparring and, and that can get very repetitive. Um, but at the same time, you know, um, some certain rounds stuff happens and, they, and, it's, and it's exciting and dramatic, you know. It, I remember in the film just filming the moment where his knee popped and you know that was yeah. just that was just me literally going through the motions filming another jiu-jitsu round 
and um, oh, there you go, you catch an injury. So it's 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 you know it's never a bad thing. It's also good to have a plan. <laughs> Is it hard? Because like I've done I've done small projects for internships and stuff like uh, promo videos and stuff, and just on my like several minute videos for like Facebook or whatever, like. I just have it all over my desktop, like the videos that I want to use and that. Is it hard? Like you just said you had hundreds of hours. Do you have like a specific way that you that you organize them like in folders and stuff? Because I would just imagine like going back and then trying to put it in chronological order. Like I bet that's a nightmare if you don't do it right. Yeah, media management. Yeah, it's a, it's a skill we should have learned uh, early <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I mean, you have to have a system, and that there's 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 many there's loads of different types of systems. But I suppose um, it's it's just at a basic level, yeah, just just good good labeling and writing a description uh, after you film each day, just to say what happened. Um, it seems like at the time, it's kind of like keeping a diary, and you know, it seems like really. Uh, it's just it's just quite boring actually. Uh, so so sometimes you just uh, forget or you're like I'll do that tomorrow and then suddenly you got you look back and you got like two weeks to write and and you miss that you know so yeah you have to stay on top of it. Um, we did at certain times, um, but I would say with our early stuff it was pretty messy just because we were inexperienced. Um, so yeah, you know footage went missing um, and. You know, we're, we're also I was traveling around a lot. I was I was hopping on planes and leaving hard drives here and there. And so, you know, it, it, it was just messy. Like now I'd be much more structured with that. But more so, I'd be just hell of a lot more structured about the amount I shoot. I mean, when I approach a project now, I mean, I, I really refrain from taking the camera out until I'm until I'm ready and they're ready. <laughs> you know, I just I feel like as soon as you take the camera out, it begins. And sometimes yeah. that's a good thing. Sometimes, but then you, you, there's so much thought you can put in before you you take a camera out, and and that's something I I would stress to anybody who's starting a project. So you have in this film like footage that spans a large time frame. Um, did you have to like? I don't know the footage that's from like the UFC fights and stuff. Did you have to get permission to like use that in your film? Yeah, um, I mean, essentially, until until we had a very good rapport with with the UFC, we we were not allowed um, bring a camera into the into the octagon or uh, you know into the arena. So um, and you know uh, the the TV footage you know captures all the fights well, and um, it's kind of that becomes a piece of archive. Yeah, getting it was 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 extremely uh, challenging. <laughs> um, you know, there, there were there were battles there. I think um, you know, again, having Connor on our side who wanted to make the movie, he had some some negotiating power there. But I mean, the UFC they want to make their own content, um, so but they do not hand that footage out to any documentary because then every single UFC fighter would just have it and. And they'd be driving content away from their sponsors like Fox and etc. So, yeah, they can. It was it was tricky. I mean, it, you know, it went to Dana, who then, you know, agreed at some point to give us like four minutes of footage, which is, which is nowhere near what we need um, to to make the best film. And then, 
And then I went to, um, it was essentially like, I think it was one of Trump's like advisors or something like that, who like literally uh, was was some big, big, uh, big, uh, had a lot of sway in the film industry and, and, and he got it done very quickly. Um, you know, I, it went above, I, I have no idea where it went to, but suddenly it got done. It was it was above the UFC at one point. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I don't know. Like I think I think um yeah, every project with them is different. There probably is a price that you can pay, you know, which would be a more standard thing. But there's certain projects they they'd rather not have. And it could even just go down to personal battles between millionaires above you that you're not aware of. Yeah. I just know like even outside of documentaries like biopics like sports biopic movies there's um like several years ago there was a football movie called draft day that was made and it was supposed to be set somewhere else but ultimately they ended up filming it like out of ohio and it had to do something with like the permission that they couldn't get from the nfl so after like watching your film and stuff i thought i'm sure that there is a battle behind those in every movie that people just don't know about yeah, I think I think the bigger the star, the more the problems. Um, you know, I think if you're looking for a, I don't know, just just a, a smaller fish, it's probably easier. But when it comes to their big stars, they can be very protective, and there's a lot more, um, you know, deals in place. And uh, so that that's something that I think Connor even started to get in his contracts um, as he learned as well about what he had access to. So these are all like terms that need to be uh yeah agreed and, and settled on early but um it's always a challenge and it, yeah it takes it's kind of a producer's job really that so it wasn't it, it wasn't mine um and yeah you need you need a you need a producer who's who's good at that kind of stuff uh good at negotiating but meanwhile you're making the film and it's it's frustrating because you're you have a lot of blanks to fill and uh yeah you just have to be patient and it's hard. <laughs> so once you have all of the, um, like the footage done and everything, my next question is how long does a project like this take to edit together? Um, so like, you know, what's the lead time from the last time you turn the camera off to having the full film edited together and ready to go? Yeah. Well, I, I think like the budget on this was, was, was pretty stretched, uh, you know, surprisingly, we we should have got we should have got more money um to make it, which would have given us a little more uh time in the edit. But you know, I think I think all that was down was like an 18 week edit. Um, I think we went over, you know, probably into to 2021 20, or 22 or something. But you know, in general, a feature film, uh, would would 25 weeks would be would be kind of I would say standard practice uh, to a certain standard, but you know, TV can be as little as as, as six weeks or something. Um, so you can see the difference there. And and even at that twenty-five week point, I mean, a lot of people do do more. I mean, sometimes some people spend a year in the edit, but maybe they don't spend as much on shooting. Yeah. Um, you're never finished editing. Like you could go on forever. Like you could change the story just again and again and, and try a different film and try a different scene here. It's it's actually you could never stop. So I think those deadlines just help force decisions. <laughs> but they're never kind. So this next question's 
it probably seems dumb, but I'm just really curious. I was just wondering if any part of like a sports doc like this is scripted. Like, are you ever behind the camera, like saying something to Connor or no? Well, with this one, no. I mean, we it was it was really intended to be raw and um you know we, we we'd watch connor do a lot of interviews and and a lot of them would take different approaches oh we want you to say this oh we want you to do this and he never reacted well to that at all you know he just he just he just got in a mood so quickly um our approach was was to stick with him as long as possible and find him in a good mood and that might take like i mean i, I went to i went to brazil and then america and uh you know i barely got any footage because he just wasn't in the mood for filming and it, you know i think i went drinking with him and stuff and that was fine but you know that that's 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 kind of observation documentary you know like it's it's not it's it's less structured you know and that would break a producer's heart when you're when you're spending that money and not getting any footage but like you know it's it throw all your access away in one moment or just be patient and and that was the key with this one so no there was no no scripted lines um but you know there's many different approaches to to making a film i've done them in different ways now some of my new work is um you know using different approaches but yeah it's it's, it's always a question like what is documentary and um I, fi I find that like some of the netflix the kind of standard of production now does feel more scripted yeah. and sometimes it, sometimes it works really well but sometimes you're you know it loses an authenticity as well yeah so yeah it's 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 a it's an it's a kind of a uh ultimately a director's decision so this question is just because like i am a newbie just to understanding like the roles that people play in the film in the filmmaking process uh so as the director do you have like a say and a hand in every part of the final product like what scenes get cut or what music gets used and things like that? Oh, uh, yeah, no, of course. Um, I mean, there there are like, you know, it really depends on the project. Again, but with, with the McGregor one, you know, there are um, a certain amount of notes that come at the end of the cut. Um, you know, more to do with like, I don't know, uh, somebody having an argument with some... Um, sponsor that that take them over and they want you to cut some some stupid stupid thing like that and, and and you know it doesn't really change the film too much i mean usually when you get to a point where you're ready to show something the film is good enough for them to understand it and the notes tend to be really minimal um so i never had much problem with that but yeah i mean obviously if somebody funds a film they 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 get a say um so you have to compromise on, on certain things, but like, yeah, up to that point, it's it's very much the director who's who's uh, working with people. It's a very collaborative process. You're working with composers, editors, um, you know, everything from, from graphics and all these kind of things. Um, so I don't, you know, do all that stuff, but I, but I collaborate with them on delivering it. And uh, yeah, I like to be fully involved um, throughout it. You have to be uh, as a director. So you obviously like filmmaking is the art of storytelling in a sense. And you've mentioned how like with the deadline for a film, it helps you. But is it hard being in your shoes as a director to like not get in the way of the story? Like I'm sure you said you and McGregor are the same age. 
and you're probably a huge fan because you've like seen his rise. So was it difficult maybe like not putting a shot in the in the film because it was like just something that you would see value in and that it was maybe going to change the flow of the story or something like that? Um, yeah, I would say that with the McGregor film, um, yeah, it was sort of just, we were telling, I was telling this, um, this hero's story, um, but I probably, you know, in, in retrospect, you know, looking back, I would have liked to have shown more of his other side as well. Um, there were scenes we put in where he was being, you know, just a bit of a, um, a baby or a, just, just a, a diva or whatever in it. And, um, maybe you'd see some of, some of his nasty side, but it just didn't really work so much in, in the film we were telling it. It just kind of got in the way, but I probably should have worked harder to get that kind of stuff in there. Um, and then after the film, yeah, he just, he just did his, he started to go downhill um with the um ever since the the mayweather fight i think just you know the money went to his head and um that's the kind of mcgregor everyone knows now and uh yeah you kind of wish you might have just expressed more the the negative things about him because i really like you know i i was a fan i would like to say i'm, I'm no longer a fan just the way he he is now um i mean just that last fight was was yeah, it was really hard to watch. <laughs> you know, he's representing the country and he's there shouting with a broken leg at the sideline. And 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 after after losing the fight, I mean, it's 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 just that typical kind of a uh, rise and then decline of a of a sports star. And it's it you know he could have been a very positive influence. Um, and instead he's kind of taken a U turn there. Um, so his reputation is 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 really. At an all-time low in in Ireland, I think I think internationally, like he's, um, you know, uh, maybe you just don't get as the same news as us. Um, I think he still has fans and across the world, and still makes a lot of money. And you know, fair play him for making money and everything. But um, yeah, I just I just don't think he's really representing him, the country and himself too well at the moment. <laughs> yeah, one thing. So uh, before I reached out to you, like I went back. Um, I went on YouTube and watched a couple of clips from the documentary, just like get a refresher. And I'll say like, I remember watching it originally. It was interesting to see like he's training and he's talking about how like they can't even afford like the high end equipment to train with and stuff. And then, you know, the film goes on and he's got big fights with the UFC and then it ends. Right. Don't you guys have footage of, um, like right before the credits roll of uh, like McGregor and Mayweather's uh, like face to face before the fights, like their press conferences and stuff. Cause um, I thought that was interesting. I didn't like watch that fight or anything, but then just to see how the tale of the documentary went like his whole UFC and then it stopped like there right before his boxing bout, I thought was interesting. Yeah, no, it wasn't, it was a bit felt a bit rushed and tagged on that scene. Um, but uh yeah it was it was really just a case of the timing of the release it was just the mayweather fight was was all the the talk and they wanted to acknowledge it in some way um but yeah i think you can even see through those those, those little glimpses that he got quite like uh cocky yeah <laughs> uh i don't know i think i think um 
there was there was this kind of charm and innocence about him that that just kind of slowly drained um and i think that by that by you know after that point when he got so much money for that fight that that fight it it had gone um and i think in some ways you know i tried to portray that in the documentary that you know how like a um just a, a career can can change and and even his body you know would change over the years and uh but uh yeah i just i just feel probably could have gone a lot <laughs> a bit deeper there <laughs> so what would you say is the hardest part about shooting like a feature length documentary um probably probably how long it takes um it's really not an unusual story for somebody to work in a film for five years um you hear it again and again um of course you know you can be done quicker they they, they need time but they also need uh there's a point where if the funding is can be really slow and slow things down but when you get caught up in real life you know suddenly something gets in the way somebody has a child or whatever it is and projects can get uh just slow down by nine months a year quite easily and then suddenly you're making the same film for for three years and so it you know it does take a lot of patience um to, to make a to make a, a feature-length documentary um and that can be challenging because you start out with a certain concept and, and that's obviously going to change as you grow as well. Um, so I'd say, I'd, say, I'd say that's probably the, the hardest thing. So what would be your advice to someone who is interested in getting into filmmaking? Uh, maybe they're listening and think like they can't afford the high-end equipment to start or they think that the barrier is there because they did their degree is not in filmmaking, but they have a passion for it. Uh, do you have any like words of wisdom for them? Well, when it comes to equipment, I mean, there's like no excuse because your phone can can make a film. <laughs> and, you know, there's been there's been films that have won uh, awards in uh, all sorts of film festivals uh, that have been made on, on an iPhone now. Uh, so so equipment is no longer no longer an excuse um but yeah to get into it i mean i mean you got to enjoy it i think um so find a subject matter that you enjoy and and you actually want to get up and film and and, and work on and, and and just stick at it and um yeah i'd say just 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 keep keep putting your your stuff out there and and uh don't be ashamed to you will just you're always we're always looking at others and comparing ourselves to them but uh just just uh when you look back you know if you make films um by your second year you know your second film will be much better than your first film and and so on and so on so you you will get better at the craft and you will find your way if you persevere so uh that's what i would say to any any young filmmaker so i gotta ask just because you just said it um like about your phone being able to film with it was have so like outside of notorious you've done a couple other films and you said you're working on uh, the pigeon racing one do mm. you are you ever at a point where whatever you're just out and you catch something for one of your films with your phone because i would just imagine like you have nice equipment that you wouldn't use yours um yeah i've used i use my phone um for example i uh uh we, i just i just put my phone inside a box of pigeons um and uh, you just fit in there and, and, and uh actually my new uh samsung the the white the, the white angle and all that it uh 
was just as good as a little GoPro that you might spend um, 400 quid on. So um, yeah, no, you could definitely use your phone. Um, I mean, even, even uh, you know, it's always in your pocket. So, you know, they, yeah, I, 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 phone footage is used across documentaries is perfectly acceptable. Um, I agree that like, yeah, you want to have a cinematic looking film, you know, you need certain gear and everything, but don't let it get in your way. You know, people can, some of, some of my favorite documentaries are the grubbiest footage. Um, if the story is good enough, you know, it will, it will keep you entertained. Yeah. Yeah. That was really like all the main questions. If, would you be willing to say your, either your social medias or your website where people can go to um, see what you're working on now or maybe where they can watch The Notorious? I know it used to be on Netflix, but I don't think it is anymore. Yeah, the uh, the territory deals, they kind of, I think they're like two years or something. And then, so it's probably on Netflix, Spain or something at the moment. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not exactly, I'm not exactly sure. You can rent it on, on YouTube, I would say. Um, gotcha. But yeah, um, no, I mean, uh, my, my website, um, gaffitzgerald.com, it has, I have about three more films we've completed two short films and a feature film should be completed by the end of the year um so yeah been a bit been a bit slowed down by um by lockdowns etc but uh yeah some new work coming out and some new projects to start again so keeping busy <laughs> but yeah. yeah like i mean I mean, it just like I say with, with feature docs, it takes it takes a long time. So that's why I went off and made a couple of shorts and things like that. But like, you know, a feature doc, it, if you make one in two years, you be, you be doing very well. They often yeah. take yeah, they often take longer. Um, it's just the way it is. So what made you want to do? When I saw the pigeon thing, um, your pigeon documentary on your website talking about it. What made you want to do that? Like, I didn't even know much about that. I read a book a few years ago, Mike Tyson's autobiography, and he's from like the Bronx. And he talks about that growing up, like that was big there. Um, but like you just said that you were coming over here to the States for like next month for a pigeon race. It's what made you get interested in that? Um, I would say probably just the fact that the characters are, are so kind of interesting and quirky and different. Um, I just find it really inherently funny when you have two fully grown men arguing about about a pigeon. Um, so th 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 there's just there's an entertainment value. But then the more I looked into it, um, although pigeon racing is declining and and dying um, across the world because of just the very fact that uh, it has an older demographic and younger people aren't really interested in, in pigeon racing. It's such an old thing. They're, they're more interested in cryptocurrencies. Um, but they have these million dollar races across the world and, and, they're, and they're attracting a new clientele. Um, you have pigeons selling for 1.6 million from Belgium to China. Um, and so all this money is, is causing is a disruptor in the sport, and and that's kind of what the film is about. It's like it's like uh, yeah, an old sport that that's that's now changing because of money, which is a necessary evil, but it also, in some ways, like gentrifies a working class community who who, who keep pigeons for the love of it. Okay, that'll <laughs> be interesting to see. Like I really just I watched the documentary last year about like horse racing and all the money that's in that. So 
that's interesting because I honestly thought it was just like a Mike Tyson thing. I didn't think it was like a real thing that still went on. Yeah, no, it's 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 uh, become a real thing, and uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think it's still be nuts to spend a million on a pigeon, <laughs> but uh, people do it. The Chinese are mad. They, uh, uh, there's a few guys out there. It's like a you know billionaires who have a lot of money, and they're willing to spend on pigeons. Well, I appreciate you doing this. Uh, I know it ran a little longer than expected, but I enjoyed hearing your insight and. Yeah, I'll post uh, a link to your website whenever we get this up and to the YouTube rental. And if people haven't seen it, I encourage them to go see it. And I wish you luck with the catching footage for your pigeon documentary as well. Thanks, man. Cody knows that was great. Uh, Happy to chat. And yeah, sure. Keep in touch. Yes, sir. Have a good rest of your night. Okay, you too. Thank you. Bye bye.